your tired and bring your shame. Bring your guilt and bring your pain. Don't you know that's not your name? You will always be much more to me. And every day I wrestle with the voices that keep telling me I'm not right. But that's all wonderful rise up lfa family yes go ahead and rumble this show rumble this video god bless each and every one of you this is episode number 121 121 days we have risen up together 121 days we have uh, brewed our beautiful gourmet rise up coffee and had fellowship together and I'm so amazed by that it just blows my mind every day is another you know another milestone thank you Kong Kong already Eli 
with the $10. said, heading to appointment, but listening, praying, and thinking of all of you, God is great. Well, this morning when I got up and my feet hit the floor and I prayed, I prayed for the well-being of my family. I prayed and thanked for the health that I had and the breath that was in my lungs. I prayed for each and every one of the uh, LFA family members and the health and restoration and the prayers that they're praying for. I smiled. I looked over at the devil. I gave him a half crooked like, yeah, right. Move on, little mosquito. And I am all about my day. Thank you very much for being here. I hope you guys feel the same way. We already have 700 beautiful and wonderful, God-fearing, God-loving children of God, clothed in the armor of God, soldiers of God. Whatever God wants us to do, whatever it is that is his will, then I am going to bend the knee to that and say, you got it, brother. You just tell me where to go. Actually, I should say, you got it, Father. You just tell me where to go. Point me in the right direction, and I'm heading that way. I hope you guys all feel the same way. I'd like to give some live shout-outs. Sheevy26, good morning. T. Mitchell is in the building. We've got Griffin76, Chris DL, Mag Americans. Robbie is in the building. Lord Fishy, Wayne Davis, Ma Bell. We've got God Chick, Katie63, Bumblebee Patriot, Victoria, F. Graves, Moose for Trump, Beanery. We've got C.L. Burns, Hazel Kitty, 8212, We've got Sass64 and L. Jacobs in the building. We've got Mustache. I must ask you a question. We've got Press Peppy in the building. How are you? Majogo, how are you? Jay Keith, good to see you. How is your family? How's your mother? Good to see you. Thank you very much. InfoWars Storm is in the building. That's probably Alex. It's probably Alex. It's got to be Alex Jones, right? It's got to be Alex Jones. I'm telling you, Alex Jones is in the thread. Anyway, <laughs> Sheevy, good morning. Mayor Bear 123 Brendan. Uh, Brenda Tatum, is that what it is? Thank you very much. Susie Q, and one more here. We'll give it to Audie B.R. from the Golden Valley of Arizona. Well, folks, I've got a great show lined up for you to je- uh, today, as uh, you probably already saw. Good morning, Pearl from Tennessee. She says, your girl, Pearl, from Tennessee. How you doing, Pearl? Good to see you. Thank you. Please rumble the video, guys. We've been a lot. We've been really short on rumbles lately, which is really odd, uh, but we've been doing great on viewership, so please share the video. I titled today's show, Reclaiming the Rainbow. A year ago this month, we did something that was necessary in order to further the anointment of Donald J. Trump coming back and really putting us back on a path to godliness. That's what it's really all about. If you say do the right thing, you could probably compare that to do the righteous thing. And if you can say do the righteous thing, then that means the person that's claiming that he's going to do those righteous things has got to be anointed by God. But if it wasn't for what we were able to achieve a year ago this month, through Donald Trump's appointments to the Supreme Court, which I'm not going to say that God, you know, you know, had Ruth Bader had called Ruth Bader Ginsburg home early or anything like that, so Donald Trump could get another pick. But the the fact of the matter is, ladies and gentlemen, that it was an anomaly that Donald Trump won the election in 2016 to begin with, and it was even more of an anomaly that even though he was having some, you know, people fighting him every single day and then releasing a worldwide cold that they called a pandemic. It's another anomaly that he was able to get three appointments to the Supreme Court uh, of the United States of America, which then overturned a four-decade, five-decade-long federal law that should have never been put in place to begin with. Because from the minute we put Roe v. Wade 
into federal law? Ladies and gentlemen, that was the moment that God turned his face from us as a nation. You understand? And so I know there's a lot of people who don't watch LFA TV anymore because they said that they wish that I would stop talking about abortion. Eli, remember that? Remember when people were saying, you know, I used to really love you because you were so informative, but now every day you're talking about abortion and overturning Roe v. Wade, and I just can't take it anymore. Now, whether those were people who thought that a woman has a right to choose uh, and they were pro-life up to a certain point, uh, but they were pro-choice also, they were both sitting on the fence, um, whether it was that or whether it was just because they were really sick and tired of me talking about abortion, and how much of a, um, a sin and a slap in the face, God, it was. Uh, you know, I don't know why. But I do know there's a certain seg- uh, segment of people that no longer watch because of that. But I, but I had to fight to do the one thing that we had to do in order for God to turn his face back to this nation again to fulfill the anointment of one man named Donald Trump. Now, does that make Donald Trump Jesus? Of course not. Absolutely, of course not. Does that make Donald Trump a prophet? Of course not. But that does make Donald Trump handpicked by God to, uh, to fulfill something that needs to be done, to achieve something that needs to be done. So when I say reclaim the rainbow, folks, I think we need to go after this Harder than we went after overturning Roe v. Wade. What do I mean by that? Well, folks, you saw, if you follow me on social media, if you follow me on Twitter, Getter, Instagram, Telegram, I think that might be it, then you'll notice that I posted something last night that you see up in this corner of this video right here. And it's the pro-life month picture. And the reason why I posted that is because I wanted everybody to share that. Now, today, producer Eli is going to be making a rainbow flag with pro-life month over top of the rainbow flag or put in, put in it cleverly somehow. And I would like, I would be very honored if once we post this to our social media, if all of you would go screenshot it and then make it your profile pictures on all your social media. And I will too. Soon as Eli's done, we have to reclaim the rainbow. The rainbow is a promise, ladies and gentlemen. The rainbow is a promise from God to all of creation, never to destroy the earth by flood ever again. And I got to tell you, when you, when, you, um, when you see what the devil did, he, he hijacked the very symbol that was a promise from God. He hijacked it and he rebranded it. And he rebranded it with one of the most, with one of the seven deadly sins as the name of the rainbow. And he said, Pride Month. Pride. Pride, pride, pride. Well, now they have a month, but it was pride. Pride flag. Gayness. Homosexuality. And he basically hijacked it so that he could make it the symbol of the very atrocity, which is same-sex Relations, because if you live a world of same-sex relations, then guess what comes to a halt? Human existence, God's most precious creation. So he took the rainbow 
and he hijacked it. He rebranded it. He called it Pride. Now, ladies and gentlemen, I want you to look in the description of this video if you're watching on Rumble right now. Because it says, you cannot spell Pride Month without spelling the word demon. You cannot spell Pride Month without spelling the word demon. Think about it. P-R-I, now we'll capitalize, D-E, Pride. But you put the two words together, and now you capitalize M-O-N, which is the first three letters of month. And then you go back to T-H. Pride month and demon is right in the middle of those two words put together. So in order for us to have God turn his face back to the United States of America as a Judeo-Christian nation, which we were built on, we had to do the one thing that got him to turn his face from us to begin with. And that was saving the very blessings that he gives to us, our children. Now, I don't know if you guys know this or not, but there are hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of verses in the Bible that God talks about the blessing and the beauty and the, and the, the specialness of having a child, of bringing a life into this world. Now, I'm going to put this in the chat right now for you guys all to see, okay? There you go, right there. You see, you cannot spell Pride Month without getting the word demon out of the middle of it. Satan is a loser. Yes, he is. I, I think we have a, I think we can play that for Satan. Let's do that I'm right now. Loser. Satan, you're a loser. You're an absolute loser. I'm a loser. And I'm not what I appear to be. And ladies and gentlemen, keep those likes coming. Make sure that you give this video a thumbs up. There's 900 people watching. We should easily have at least half of that because I know at least half of you 900 that are watching. I know that you at least have Rumble accounts. So if you don't want to chat, that's okay. But please Rumble this video because people need to see this. People need to understand the, the lies and the deceit that the devil has going on right under our nose. So we rebranded last year Pride Month, Pro-Life Month, which is why you see it right up here in the corner of my show. And it will remain up here for the entire month of June, and then we'll see where we go from there. But in order to rebrand the rainbow back to God's promise, but at the same time, I mean, excuse me, reclaim it back to God's promise, we need to rebrand the rainbow as also not only the promise to never destroy the earth by flood ever again, but also those colors are now going to be recognized worldwide as pro-life month. There are 3 billion Christians on this planet. If every single one of us took this image that Eli is going to make today and that I'm going to post today, this morning, if everybody takes this image and makes it their pri uh, profile picture on all their social media and then asks all their pro-life friends, and all their church members to do the same thing. We can have this spread by the middle of the month to where millions and millions and millions of people have reclaimed and rebranded the rainbow back to the original promise, but adding to it the promise to allow babies to be born. Because what is it? The right to life and the uh, happiness, uh, the, the, the right to life and the pursuit of happiness. Well, where is the right to life in this country? Where is the right to life in this country? If we're going to quote um, 
the Constitution, and we're going to quote the Bill of Rights. I'm pretty sure somebody says, somewhere it says in there, that we have a God-given right to life and the pursuit of happiness. Well, life is the very first one, but somehow we have brainwashed the women of this nation because men, most men could care less. Let's, let's call a spade a spade. And I'm not talking about Christian men. I'm just talking about biological males. Most biological males in this country could care less if a woman has a right to choose or not. It's not something they have to go through. Most Christian men understand how important it actually is. Okay? But it's the female gender of this world that are speaking out so heavily about, this is my right to choose. I shouldn't have to be forced to raise a baby if I was raped. No, you shouldn't have to be. But what is that, like 0.02% of the entire world's population of pregnant women? I mean, let's stop splitting hairs here, okay? We got to have a precedent. If we, we can have a precedent and still have special, um, what do you want to call it? Special uh, exceptions, obviously, but we still have to have a precedent. And that precedent mean, needs to be that, no, it is not a woman's right to choose. It was a woman's right to choose whether she had sex unprotected or not. That was the woman's right to choose. Just like it is a person's right to choose whether they want to lie. It's a person's right to choose whether they want to steal. It's a person's right to choose whether they want to go rob that bank. It's a person's right to choose whether they want to murder somebody. But guess what? That's called free will. But guess what comes with free will? Consequences. Consequences come for your actions. Period. End of, end of, end of sentence. There, there doesn't need to be anything after that. So if you used your right to choose to have sex unprotected outside of marriage and there's going to be nothing wrong with this baby and your life is not on the line and you weren't raped, well, then you need to, you know, live with the consequences of that and either raise the child or give the child up for adoption. Well, if I'm going to give the child up for adoption, then why should I go through nine months of pain? Because you took the very, very, very simple um, free will that you do have and you chose to do this. So you are going to have to go through something. Yes, I'm sorry. That's just the way life is. And if I was a woman, I would be saying the same exact thing. It's that simple. The argument is that simple. Just like there's a consequence for every other thing that you do in life, there is a consequence for having unprotected sex outside of marriage. And that's just the way it is. And we as Christian men and women, we need to stand up now more than ever, especially if we want to make America great again. We need to continue to make America godly again. We need to get God in the center of our lives. And we need to understand what the blessing of a child actually is. And you need to fight this cause if you say you are a Christian, period. And if there's a thousand people watching this show right now, there will end up probably 10,000 or more people that watch this show. Do you realize the power that 10,000 people have to change their profile picture to something like this? Everybody else does their Ukraine profile pictures. Look at, we got them $200 billion now. There are consequences for your actions. And maybe, just maybe, through that pregnancy, you'll become one with your child, which I'm sure you will, and you'll decide, you know what, maybe having this child and raising it is the best thing for me, and it'll make you that much better of a person. How many people here know that by having a child and by being blessed with a child, it made them a better person? I could be the one of the first ones to raise my hand. Having a child and giving the responsibility and the blessings and the opportunity to be a parent made me, by far, infinity-fold a better person. Period. 
It didn't make me a worse person. It didn't make me more selfish. It didn't make me more of a liar. It didn't make me more of a cheater. It made me a better person. It always does. Not always, but there are very few people that it doesn't. You know what I'm saying, right? Again here, we need to stop worrying about the few and the small percentage of things and start setting a precedent with exceptions, period. And if abortion isn't murder, then I want the police to stop charging people with a double homicide if they murder a pregnant woman. Because if a woman is murdered and she's pregnant, I'm pretty sure in all 50 states, I could be wrong, but it's a double homicide that you'll get charged with. Maybe not in Democrat-run cities, but I think that's the precedent. So if a woman is going to get, uh, if, a, if a woman gets murdered and she has a child in her belly and that person gets charged with a double homicide, then it's also a homicide to, to have the woman kill that baby too. Just because the person doing the murdering is, is a different gender and is the mother of the child makes no difference to me. And I'll guarantee you it makes no difference to God. I want to go and read from one minute prayer for dads. And I want to read to you from page 104. So if you have one minute prayer for dads, please turn to page 104. And I also would love if 1,000 people watching right now would just like this video. Sharing is optional, I get it, but liking is super easy. Just click that thumbs up for me if you could. Page 104 from James 117 says this. The giving father, every good gift and every perfect gift is from above. Coming down from the father of lights with whom there is no variation or shadow due to change. A a father whose moods change with circumstances tends to result in an insecure child. Sons and daughters want a dad who does not change on a whim or because of temporary adversity. We dads must be givers and we should not change like shifting sands. God, it's important that my kids see me as a man who is stable in my role as a father not varying with the wind or circumstances, much like God our Father, amen? When something is right, I need to defend it. Ladies and gentlemen, I need to stop right there and I need to repeat that for all of you who might be afraid to get cancel culture, doxxed, lose your job, or hurt your reputation amongst your friends, peers, or church members. Let me read that last part for you one more time. When something is right, I need to defend it. Is it right to allow a child to be born? Is it right to murder a child in the womb? If you answer that it is right to allow a child to be born and it is wrong to murder a child in the womb no matter who is doing the murdering, then it's also your obligation and your duty and your responsibility to fight for that. How do I fight for that, Jeremy? You fight publicly. You make a difference in your life around you. But Jeremy, what if I have children who identify as LGBTQ? Would you let your children identify as a bank robber? Would you let your child identify as a murderer? Would you let your child get away with stealing and lying and, and, and fraud and getting over on people? 
No, you wouldn't. You'd call them out for that too. So why do you allow them so much room with the homosexuality? Sin is sin regardless. But this sin of homosexuality in 2023, especially with the agenda and the large corporations pushing Pride Demon Month, then ladies and gentlemen, you need to fight back against it extra hard. It's not just enough for you to say, this is my opinion. Your opinion only matters as far as you're willing to fight for that opinion. And your opinion is God's opinion on this matter. And you need to fight to the ends of the earth for this. That means publicly, out loud, calling it out when you see it, even in the most uncomfortable circumstances. I know it's hard. But if I see somebody doing, committing acts of evil or sin, regardless of what it is, I am going to call it out to them in their face in a public setting. Now, I want to thank God for giving me the strong capability and the courage and the backbone and the spine to be able to actually embrace confrontation. I breathe and live for somebody to confront every day, just like I breathe and live for somebody to confront me as well. I think confrontation is beautiful. I love it, but I understand that most of you do not. But you need to pray for the ability and the courage to be able to confront people for their sins now more than ever. That's what God's calling you to do. That is why you're listening to this specific podcast. I would put it, I don't know. We're pretty bold here, and God wants us to be bold. He doesn't want us to be some milk toast, soft bread, soft around the edges Christians. There is not time for that right now. The time to be a hard-edged, armor-of-God Christian is now. You see that? So here's what Eli just made, folks. What do you think? Would you put this on your uh, on front of your house for June? Would you put this as your as your um, as your profile pic? I think I would. I think this is beautiful. Reclaim the rainbow, ladies and gentlemen. Even I would even put that at the bottom, Eli, down in the purple. I put reclaim the rainbow in that same blue. Pro life month. Reclaim the rainbow. How about that? Thank you. The guy is an absolute wizard when it comes to the graphic works, ladies and gentlemen. He can get it done beautifully. Beautifully. Seven colors, Eli. Make sure there's seven colors on it, okay? That's The seven is a godly number. So there it is, ladies and gentlemen. There's going to be your new Pride Month flag. We're going to make it a flag. We're going to sell it, the flag right here as well. And we're going to put the money towards the Slurp Fund. We're also going to make it a shirt. We're going to make it a bumper sticker. And we're going to make it our profile pictures. We are going to reclaim this rainbow. We're going to rebrand it to the way not only what it was supposed to be in the original uh, context, but also, ladies and gentlemen, for the new meaning of the promise for life. A right to life and a pursuit of happiness. Susie Q says, where, where are we going to download it? You're going to have to follow me on one of my social media platforms. And you can screenshot it, okay? All right. I'll put it on Getter. I'll put it on Telegram. I'll put it on Twitter. I'll put it on Instagram. Uh, what else do I have? I don't know what else I have. But you got to follow me on one of my one of my social medias. And if you don't know what my social medias are, all you have to go to um, all you have to do is go to lfatv.us. Okay. And in my talent card section, that's what we call each person's section. It's called a talent card. You can click on any of the social medias there and it'll take you directly to my personal social media of that platform, okay? So that's all you got to do and um, it'll take you right there. And I'll have it there uh, by the end of Live from America today. 
Now we're 22 minutes past, 29 minutes past the hour. And do you know that we've not even said a prayer for today's show yet? Because I was so busy talking about reclaiming the rainbow. It's got to, in order for you to reclaim the rainbow, it's going to take courage, ladies and gentlemen. Only God-given courage is going to be able to do that. Let's go to the Lord in prayer, okay? Here we go. Heavenly Father, in Jesus' name, through the blood of Jesus, we come to the foot of the throne. And we get down on knee, Lord, and we humble ourselves in front of you. Not worthy of anything that you give us, but completely accepting through the, through the mercy and the grace that you give to us through our faith in Jesus Christ. We thank you so very much for that. And Lord, we know in Ecclesiastes, it tells us there's a time for everything. And as your child, and as your soldier, and as your conduit to get your message out for this Godcast, I believe that it is time now for a strong soldier Christian, a Christian with courage, a Christian that is not afraid to speak up even in his own church against his own pastor if necessary. The time for leaning on the Holy Spirit and making sure that we are given the right message by the will of God is now. And Lord, we ask for that courage. We ask for that strength. We ask for that perseverance today. In the name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. Folks, I'm just so overflowing with godly ideas and godly stamina right now. I just got so much to talk about. But reclaiming this rainbow is just as important as overturning Roe v. Wade. And I cannot stress that enough. It might be more important. It might be that next step. We needed to take the first step to get to the second step, right? And it's not going to get any easier because you're going to have people coming down on you like the demons of old. They're going to be trying to come down on you and destroy you. But remember, what do I say at the end of every show? Keep your shoulders back. Keep your chest out. Keep your head up high. Because you are a child of God and no weapon formed against you will ever prosper. Certainly not some tight skinny jeans wearing purple haired freak who has no idea what they even are. Stand strong, folks. Let me read the rest of this um, for you. It says, when something is right, I need to defend it. When something is wrong, I need to confront it. That's what we're talking about today. I need to be like you in that way, Lord. God does not mince words. He does not care about your feelings. Truth is truth. And it's up to us to make sure that we spread that truth to all these indoctrinated, ignorant, brainwashed, demonic people. I need also to be the giver of gifts of my, to my kids, a reflection of you as the giver of perfect gifts. What better thing can you give your children, folks? What better thing can you give them than the knowledge of Jesus Christ and God? What better thing? Larch says, let's not judge those that are lost. Let's help them find their way to righteousness. I agree and disagree to that just a little bit, Chris. Righteous judgment is fine. God gives us the ability and the permission for righteous 
judgment. If it is the same judgment that God would give, then it's fine for a Christian who's walking on the narrow path to have righteous judgment. But you're also right that in order to judge somebody, first of all, you have to identify what's going on. And that is a case, that's a, that's a, uh, that is a, um, a form of judging right there to identify what they're doing. You're judging that that is wrong or right. Now, judging wrongfully by saying and doing things God wouldn't do, that's where we go wrong. That's where I slip up. But righteous judgment is, no, is nothing more than identifying and saying that's a problem. And then letting them know that's the problem. But yes, you are then right. Pray for them to see the righteous way. A hundred percent you are right. But righteous judgment, there's nothing wrong with that. A lot of the judgment that I do is there is something wrong with that. Now, before we play our video of the day of Ray Comfort, I would like to read for you just a number of verses, if I may, about how important it is for children to be born. When God gives us the blessing of a child, he's not playing games. That is probably the biggest blessing to a couple is a child. And there's probably a hundred times in the Bible it's mentioned. Let me read some for you. Psalm 127. Okay. By the way, if you have a pen or a pencil and a piece of paper, you're going to want to write these down because you're not going to be able to look these up as fast as I read them off to you. I've already got them listed. So grab a pen and a piece of paper and write. And yes, do not forget to fast and pray today. Psalm 127, 3, Behold, 127, 3, Children are a heritage from the Lord, the fruit of the womb, a reward. Like arrows in the hand of a warrior are the children of one's youth. Blessed is the man who fills his quiver with them. He shall not be put to shame when he speaks with his enemies in the gate. How about Psalm 127? I mean, excuse me, Proverbs 22.6. Again, Proverbs 22.6. Train up a child in the way he should go. Even when he is old, he will not depart from it. John 16.21. When a woman is giving birth, she has sorrow because her hour has come. But when she has delivered the baby, she no longer remembers the anguish for joy that a human being has been born into the world. Isaiah 54.13. All your children shall be taught by the Lord, and great shall be the peace of your children. Psalm 139. 13 through 16 for you were formed my for you formed my inward parts you knitted me together in my mother's womb I praise you for I am fearfully and wonderfully made wonderful are your works my soul knows it very well my frame was not hidden from you when I was being made in secret intricately woven woven in the depths of the earth in the depths of the earth from dust you come to dust you go back Your eyes saw my unformed substance. Let me repeat that one more time. God's eyes. This is saying your eyes. This is from David. Your eyes saw my unformed substance. That's a child that's not formed yet. God's eyes looked upon the unformed substance and was pleased with it. And people are going to go and kill that? In your book were written, every one of them, the days that they were formed for me, when as yet there was none of them. How about Proverbs seventeen six? Grandchildren are the crown of the aged, 
and the glory of children is their fathers. How about this one? 3 John, thir- uh, 3 John 1 through 4. I have no greater joy than to hear that my children are walking in the truth. How about James 1 through 7 or 117? Every good gift and every perfect gift is from above. We just read that. Coming down from the Father of lights with whom there is no variation or shadow due to the change. How about this one? Matthew 18, 1 through 3. At that time, the disciples came to Jesus saying, quote, Who is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven? They wanted him to point one of them out. And Jesus said back to them, And calling to him a child, he put him in the midst of them and said, quote, Truly I say to you, unless you turn and become like children, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. And I'll give you two more. Matthew 18, 10. See, that you do not despise one of these little ones. For I tell you that in heaven, their angels always see the face of my father who is in heaven. And one more, Mark 10, 14. But when Jesus saw it, he was indignant and said to them, let the children come to me, do not hinder them. For to such belongs the kingdom of God. And we're going to go and murder one of them. And we're going to go and kill one of them. Now, I could continue to read from Ephesians and Numbers and Jeremiah and Mark and Deuteronomy and more from Psalm and Ephesians and Luke and Proverbs and Genesis and 1 Samuel. And I could read from Isaiah and 1 Timothy. I could read from Exodus. I could read from um, Hebrews. I could keep going. And verse after verse after verse after verse after verse, it is telling you that a child is more blessed than any other creation of this earth and to them belongs the kingdom of heaven and not only when they are formed outside the womb but also while they are being formed in an unformed substance and you're gonna go and murder that let me just tell you something for those of you who don't know i murdered a baby once and it was the absolute worst feeling that i have ever experienced in my life and i've experienced some bad stuff And it does not even compare to that of killing a child. And I did that. And I have forever, ever, ever repented from that. And now I am a spokesperson about how bad it really is. You cannot murder a child. You cannot murder a child. Let me say it one more time for those in the back who are hard of hearing. You cannot. You must not. You shall not. And if we have our way in a very short period of time, you will not murder our babies. And when I say our, I mean God's, heaven's children, not the school's children, not the state's children, God's children. You will not murder them, and we're going to put a stop to it. 100% we are going to make abortion illegal in this country and every state. Sooner or later, that is my goal. And it's a start by reclaiming the rainbow and putting all of your profile pictures, Happy Pride Month, I mean, <laughs> Happy Pro-Life Month, over the pride flag, which, was been, which has been hijacked and branded demons. Amen? Don't murder a baby. T. Mitchell says, I too, Jeremy, it is the worst, worst, worst thing. I would help anyone never to go through it. You might want to clarify, Jeremy. Your girlfriend at the time got pregnant and she had an abortion, if I'm correct. I talked her into it. I talked her into it. Like Eve talked Adam into eating the fruit. 
I talked her into it. And I was a manipulative POS at the time. And I talked her into it, and she didn't want to do it. She should have never allowed me to talk her into it, but I was a jerk. I was a loser. I was an ungodly person. So, yeah. Bad Moon says, give that baby unto me, and I will take the time to raise it if you're so busy. Adoption rather than abortion. That's what we should be promoting. Adoption rather than abortion. Carol the Cowgirl says, Doc True, my friend had an abortion in high school, and she still remembers that day, and it was 35 years ago. Well, I'm going to tell you this. I heard that baby being murdered. I heard that baby being chopped up. I heard that baby being vacuumed out. I heard the screams and the cries of the woman that I talked into doing it. And I believe at that moment, I heard the screams and cries of angels. Hard stuff to talk about, guys. It really is. <sighs> Hate talking about that stuff. But I don't feel that I'm better than anybody else because of it. I know that. Well, ladies and gentlemen, it is Friday. And on Fridays, we like to watch videos from our friend, Ray Comfort. Purple Snowflake said, I watched my baby die, and I can't imagine doing it on purpose. (sighs) I think it's a good time to go to this video. So let's take a deep breath. Let's pray. Jesus, please come into our hearts. Please come into our hearts, Jesus, and give us the courage that we need to keep talking about this topic and to keep fighting for the unborn. Thank you, Jesus. Sometimes you just got to take a deep breath and whisper Jesus' name so he can come in and calm you down. And Purple, I am sorry for your loss. But on Fridays, folks, we do go and we watch videos from the great, the one and only, the living legend himself, Ray Comfort. So I'd like to do that today if we could. I love this show so much and I love each and every one of you so much. It's so amazing to be able to have such a, uh, such, such a passionate, powerful, truthful subject to be able to talk about so openly and so freely, and then to be able to come to a, um, an understanding, to have a strategy to go and reclaim that flag, because that flag does not belong to them. Think about this. Think about if somebody took our American flag and they rebranded it to slavery and communism, and they were touting it across the world, the red, white, and blue, the stars and the bars, and they were talking about this flag represents communism and slavery. How much would we fight to take that back? We might fight even more 
And that shouldn't be the case because this country is temporary. God is not. Children's souls are not. So ladies and gentlemen, maybe we need to fight a little bit harder for that flag. Because I know how hard I'd fight for that red, white, and blue flag. So I'm going to fight just as hard, if not harder, for that rainbow flag back. It does not belong to them. That's false advertisement. Anyway, ladies and gentlemen, here we go. Video of the day. Ray Comfort. And in Ray Comfort's video here, for about five minutes, he was talking about natural disasters that are happening. I'm not going to play that because it's kind of long. But he's talking about why are natural disasters happening? It isn't because of man-made climate change. It's because of sin and the world is dying and decaying. And then it brings it up to where I'm going to show you. And that is his, um, his interview his street interviews, which are always second to none. Roll it. Eye-opening experience for me. What's the purpose of life? I think life is... Huh, that's an interesting question, actually. That's a huge question. It is. Is there a God? Do we have a purpose? Do you ever have thoughts like that? Sometimes. It's like, why are we on Earth? Yeah, we're just here to have fun, I guess. Maybe sometimes. Are you afraid of death? No. Because it happens to everybody. We're just going to roll over and die without seeing if there's an answer to death? Like a dog with a truck heading for it, you just roll over and let it crush you? Do well, you I'm always going to question death because it's like, yeah, why do we die? Yeah. Do you ever read the Bible? Uh, I read a few of it. It tells one. us why we die. Do you know that? No, I didn't. I haven't gotten I didn't get that far. Well, let me give you a little synopsis of the Bible. The Old Testament, God <laughs> promised he would destroy death. And in the New Testament, we're told how he did it. Did you know that? Uh, no, I didn't know. So let me tell you what causes death, according to the Bible, and then the answer to it, so you can think about it. Okay. okay. The Bible says death is wages. Did you know that? Uh, wait, can you repeat it? Yeah, it says the wages of sin is death. That's a Bible verse. Uh, in other words, God is paying you in death for your sins. It's not natural. It's a punishment. It's like a judge looks at a criminal who's committed multiple murders and says... You've earned the death sentence. This is your wages. This is what's due to you. This is what we're paying you. And Desiree's sin is so serious to holy God, he's given you the death sentence. Your death will be evidence to you that God is deadly serious about sin. So here's a big question. Do you think God is justified in giving you a death sentence? Are you that bad a person or are you morally a good person? Well, me personally, I know I've done bad. In my 19 years that I've been alive, there's times where, yeah, you know, because we're human. Words don't do bad. What sort of things? Like, you know, being jealous. I know that's a sin. Being jealous. Lying's a sin. Stealing? You know, I haven't steal. Maybe when I was little, but you know. You started early, stealing when you were little. <laughs> what about using God's name in vain? Oh, yeah. I do that. Jesus said if you look with lust, sexual desire, you commit adultery in your heart. Did you know that? I did know that. And that's a sin, too. Yes. Have you ever done that? Yes. Okay. So, Desiree, here's a quick summation. You've earned your wages. You've told me you're a lying thief, a blasphemer, and an adulterer at heart. So if God judges you by the Ten Commandments on Judgment Day, do you think you'd be innocent or guilty? I think I'm guilty. Heaven or hell? Oh, uh, I mean, <laughs> that's, I mean, I feel like you could still go to heaven because you get, like, forgiven for your sins, right? How? Uh, I mean, because God has a big heart, usually forgives you. He just forgives everybody? Not everybody. How do you get forgiven? Um, that's a hard question. I don't Desiree, know. Desiree, you, you better find out. <laughs> you don't want to end up in hell. I know, I don't. That's scary to yeah, think about. The Bible says all liars live their part in the lake of fire. Mm -hmm. Death is scary enough, but after death, the judgment and the After death is what scares me. Death doesn't scare me. After, it's like...
we go? Are we going to... You just blaspheme God's name then, did you know that? Oh, yeah. I just... You used it in place of a cuss word. Very, very serious. So let me share with you what the Bible says. It says, all liars will their part in the lake of fire. No thief, no blasphemer, no adulterer will inherit God's kingdom. So you're in big trouble. Let me tell you how you can be saved. Remember I said, I'll share with you why we die. And then I'll share with you how you can find everlasting life. Have you ever heard the gospel? No, I haven't. I thought yeah. I had. The word gospel means good news. So I'm going to share the good news with you, okay? Desiree, have you heard of Jesus dying on the cross? Yes, I have. What does that mean to you? Um, it means he died for all our sins. Yeah, what does that mean? That, I don't know. Well, what does that mean? How can it help you 2,000 years later? The Ten Commandments are called the moral law. You and I broke the law. Jesus came and paid the fine. That's why he said it is finished just before he died. He was saying paid in full. Desiree, if you're in court and you've got speeding fines and someone else pays them, a judge will let you go even though you're guilty. You say, yeah, these fines have been paid by someone else. You can leave. Well, God can let you leave on judgment day. He can take the death sentence off you. He can let you live forever legally because Jesus paid the fine in full on the cross. Oh, I see. The Bible says, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. That's what God offers you. He died for our sins, rose again on the third day, and if you'll now repent and put your trust in Jesus, not your goodness, but in Jesus, God promises, and he cannot lie, he'll grant you everlasting life as a free gift. The Bible says, repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the forgiveness of sins, and you'll receive the gift of the Holy Spirit, and the gift of the Holy Spirit's everlasting life. So, don't look to your goodness to save you. It's like, it's like jumping out of a plane and thinking you can save yourself by flapping your arms. That's not going to work. You just trust the parachute. So don't trust your goodness to save you. It's not going to work. Just trust in Jesus. Put your faith in Him. Is this making sense? Yes, it is. You're going to think about what we talked about? Yes. When are you going to repent and put your faith in Jesus? Um, I should do it soon, huh? Well, let me speed up your soon to like now. When are you going to die? Well, no one knows when they're going to die. Well, God does. Well, God, well. And God forbid, but it could be tonight in your sleep, so there's a sense of urgency. Could be going home in a car accident. 150,000 people die every 24 hours. And if you think I'm trying to scare you, you're right. This is real scary. So we're talking about your eternity. It's not just who you're going to marry or what you're going to do for a job. This is where you're going to spend forever, so there's a sense of urgency. And Desiree, examine my tone, my motive. Why am I talking like this? It's because I care about you. I want to see you in heaven, not in hell. And this thank is, you. Yeah, this is so important. So when do you think you're going to repent and put your faith in Jesus? Right now. Can I pray with you? Sure. You won't be embarrassed? Right now, yeah. she says. Father, I pray for Desiree. Thank you for her open heart and her honesty. Pray today she'll have a sense of sorrow for her sins and find a place of genuine God-given repentance and understand how much you love her and sending Jesus to die on the cross so that she could find everlasting life as a free gift because you're rich in mercy. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Do you have a Bible at home? I do. Can I give you a book I've written? Sure. It's called Scientific Facts in the Bible. Save yourself some pain too. And another little booklet here, Desiree. That's called Save Yourself Some Pain, Principles of Christian Growth. Yeah. And really, thank you. This is a very eye-opening experience for me. Danny, you're our scout. What did that young lady say? Uh, she was very happy when she walked over to us and she said that you helped her put a lot of things together and she was very blessed by the interview. Oh, that's wonderful. And her mum, was she a Christian? 
You know what, she was after finding out, but it, I could tell that the daughter might have had different ideas. And so when you were praying with her, I told her mom, you know, look, they're praying. And the mom was very happy about that too. In 1863, Abraham Lincoln said of America, we have forgotten God. We've forgotten the gracious hand which preserved us in peace and multiplied and enriched and strengthened us. And we have vainly imagined in the deceitfulness of our hearts that all these blessings were produced by some superior wisdom and virtue of our own. Intoxicated with unbroken success, we've become too self-sufficient to feel the necessity of redeeming and preserving grace, too proud to pray to the God that made us. It behooves us then to humble ourselves before the offended power, to confess our national sins, and to pray for clemency and forgiveness. Like America, New Zealand has forgotten God, and we've angered him in that we've abandoned the God-ordained institution of marriage and instead normalized adultery, sexual perversion, and fornication. We've even normalized and legalized prostitution. The killing of babies in the womb has also been legalized and made acceptable. The Bible is clear in saying that these things are abhorrent to God. So where do we go from here? Well, that's up to you. Some will be like the proud Pharaoh who stubbornly endured nine plagues, and it took a tenth to humble him when it took the life of his firstborn. New Zealand was the first country in the world to grant all women the right to vote. It was the first country to offer state pensions, and in the late 1930s, state housing for workers. Imagine if we led the way in this. Suppose if, instead of giving God mere lip service, the nation humbled itself with genuine sorrow for its ingratitude for its blessings and for our many national and personal sins. Imagine if, once again, he put his blessing on our land. And imagine if the whole world saw this happen and whispered, Blessed is the nation whose God is the Lord. <clears throat> Why did you talk about abortion so much, Jeremy? Why did you harp on the fact that a woman should or shouldn't have the right to choose? Why are you so adamant about stopping people from loving who they want to love? Well, I'll tell you this. That question that Ray Comfort said, so what do we do now? And he said, well, that's up to you. Imagine if every person humbled themselves today in front of God. Imagine if every person today accepted Jesus in their lives. Imagine how fast God would put his blessing back on our lands. You have those people out there that say, don't send me your prayers. They don't do anything. It's the most powerful weapon we have. So I'll end with this today, folks. We will never make America great again. Ever. Until we make America godly again. And if anybody wants to argue me on that, the one question that I will ask them before we start is how is your way working out for us? 
How is your way working out for you? Now, you'll probably get some lying, half-butt, lame answer, but it won't be truthful. And you don't need for them to speak the truth. You just need for them to hear the truth. And how do they hear the truth? They hear the truth through hearing the gospel. Because the gospel is the good news. And if it's good news, then it's from God. And if it's from God, then it's the truth. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you very much. Sean Farish and Ungoverned is coming up next. Remember, we have weekend shows as well. We have a show at 10 o'clock and at 12 o'clock on Saturday. And we have Faith and Family Movie Night this Sunday. I'm going to pre-record this Faith and Family Movie Night. I will not be in town, but there will be a live version of the pre-recorded Faith and Family Movie Night on Sunday. I want to thank you all for being here. And today on Live from America, I have, for the first time, two separate guests. So I hope to see you there. I'm going to leave you the same way I bring you in with some great music. Mercy me. God bless each and every one of you. I will put up that Rainbow Pro-Life Month flag on all my social media right after this show. So feel free to go grab it. God bless you lot, guys. And let's reclaim that rainbow today. Thank you very much. Bring your tired and bring your shame. Bring your guilt and bring your pain. Don't you know that's not your name? You will always be much more to me. And every day I wrestle with the voices. Come on, everybody. It's time to sing. I'm not right. We can all do this. Come on. But that's all Here we go. In the world.